Welcome to Film Grain, the official podcast of the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania and the Greater Erie Film Office. This week, we're bringing you the first half of our conversation with Glenn Stearns and the cast of Undercover Billionaire Comeback City. I'm Erica Berlin, the Executive Director of the Film Society of Northwestern PA. And I'm John Lyons, filmmaker, teaching artist, and the Director of Programming for the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania. Let's start with Glenn. Tell us who you are, Glenn Stearns. Hi. Well, I am Glenn Stearns. I was the uh, the original, the the OG of Undercover <laughs> Billionaire, and um, you know came back. We did a little reunion show and decided to stick around and uh, go back to Erie and um, look at some of the other businesses that were out there and what's going on. And so we came up with this whole other concept, and and here we are today. All right, Giselle, how about you? I am Giselle Trell. I am the owner of the Tipsy Bean Cafe, along with some other ventures. I am going to be premiering on this show January 6th, and I'm really excited to showcase everything that we did with our cafe and all of Glenn's help. Tina. Hi, I'm Tina Ferraro. Um, I'm a co-owner of Dominic's with my husband, Tony. He's not able to be here today to join us, but um, so we, we're not sure when we're going to air, but uh, we had quite the experience with Glenn and the team and um, it's been information and education that we'll take with us for years to come. Hey, John, what about you? I'm John Mann and I am the president and owner of Lake Erie Rubber and Manufacturing and also One Leg Up Pet Products. And we also had quite an experience with Glenn. It, it changed the course of our business and, and a lot for the better. And we're excited about 2021 and what that's going to bring for us. All right, so Glenn, um, you did the season one of Undercover Billionaire. It was really different from what you did this time around, but you started with $100 and you made this million dollar business with Underdog Barbecue, which is a really big feat. In this Undercover Billionaire Comeback City, truly what was it that made you want to come back to Erie? What really inspired you to be back in Erie this time? Yeah, I, I actually, I never left because, you know, when all the cameras went away, underdog was still around and so i remained or kept coming back um anyway to to help out and just really fell in love with the city and 2020 obviously was a very unique year for the world and so it was just really great timing i think to kind of come in and and sit with people and say okay let's think differently let's try to think about things um, not typical because the world is changing and we need to change with it. And so it was a, a new, exciting concept where I didn't have to get in and get as dirty as I did last time uh, because the other business owners got to really be the ones to do all the heavy lifting. <laughs> but um, but just using, you know, some some kind of concepts from the past that's helped me in my life and and, you know, and we'll get to see what happened, you know, how uh, how they all did. So then what was the timeline of the show? When did you start this project? Well, we started it in the summer and, you know, about the time we started it, there was a uh, something that had come out about the fact that a majority of small businesses, most small businesses only had 27 days of cash flow left. Right. I mean, it got down to be a pretty bad 
uh, scenario. It still is, right? And the idea was, okay, why don't we take each business and let's go at it 27 days? Can we make a difference? Because the time is ticking down to where essentially, you know, any one of the businesses could run out, right? So what happens? Really, it's a roadmap for any business in the country, really. That's, you know, when you take a look at it, Erie is a microcosm of what's going on everywhere. So I hope, and I think, you know, there were some amazing, amazing accomplishments by each one of these businesses to where, and a lot of struggles and a lot of things that happened. So I hope it gives everybody white eyes so that they can go, man, maybe I should be doing things a little differently at my business. Did you guys have like a casting call, essentially, an interview process? <laughs> uh, sort of, you know, I mean, there was a lot of businesses that were in need and there was a lot that that uh, we had to choose from. So, you know, it, and again, you could go anywhere in, in the country and find very similar situations, right? And so um, we wanted, you know, to, to find ones that uh, had unique situations, you know, and everyone was different, you know, so we were able to really dig in and, and look at things from maybe they all could help other people in different ways. And, and uh, so that was, you know, we, we laid them all out looked at which ones looked like they were the, you know, going to be the most interesting and challenging at times. And, um, and there it was. Giselle, you've got a cafe um, and a coffee shop and, and, you know, Michael, you have your, your business and Dominic's is a diner, but John, you have a manufacturing company. And from what I understand, you almost hired Glenn <laughs> in the past and so, Glenn, did you go back to John? Did you hire him that way? Like, how did that, how did you meet? Tell us that story. Do you want me to tell that or you want John to tell that? I don't know. John, do you want to tell that story? Sure, I, I can tell that story. So, I mean, I think we had a leg up on everyone getting on the show in the fact that when Glenn first came to Erie, you know, he was looking for a job. And mind you, at the time, remember that I had no idea who Glenn was. He was Glenn Bryant. And they told me, hey, there's this, this just regular guy who wants to start a business and earn some money. Do you think you could help him out? And I said, well, you know, we just started this dog toy product line. And does this guy know how to do sales? And so Glenn came to my shop and I was asking him, you know, what is your skill sets? What do you know how to do? And he said, yeah, I can do sales. I could do that. And I said, okay, well, we'll hire you on and pay you commission for selling dog toys. And so we, we did, you know, we brought him on having no idea who he was or really what his qualifications were. And uh, he made an attempt at selling some dog toys and it didn't go that well, but you know, I think we kept a positive Terrible. about it. <laughs> I bombed. So, well, I was telling people, I said, geez, you know, we're selling these so easily and Glenn's having such a hard time. We don't, we don't know what's going on. Thinking, how am I going to scale this to a million dollars? We actually have one of those toys. My Rottweiler loves the ball, the yellow one. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad I you actually have that. it. I actually saw it on the show and then I was like, oh, I wonder if you'll like this. So I went and bought one at Nickel Plate. Oh, oh thank you. It. Yeah. yeah, I got Around one, but somewhere. I might have... I might have stolen mine because somehow it's in my backpack and uh, and it's held with my dogs now. So. Well, I don't know that they earned it. If if you need more, let us know. We'll ship some out to you. Oh, but, you but that's how we met. You know, we 
again, we had no idea. And then I didn't hear from Glenn until I saw the show starting to be advertised. And I saw it and I was like, holy crap, that's not Glenn Bryant. It's Glenn. <laughs> and I, that's actually how I figured out who Glenn was. Is it was a it was a social media ad that that I saw. <laughs> you know, the show contacted me again about a year later, and you know, we were we were interested to to work with them, you know. So what was interesting with John was, you know, I might have really sucked at selling dog balls, but I saw a lot of things that I thought in his shop that he could be doing differently. Right. And I, but I'm supposed to be some, you know, guy that's been just working, you know, in a business and never started a business before. So I had to keep my mouth shut at that point. Right. And I figured, man, I could help inside the shop. I, I even though I'm terrible at selling the dog balls. And uh, so I was really glad to go back and he did, he had a little, or he had a leg up so to speak uh, because I thought, you know, there's a lot there that we could, uh, but, and, and it was a very interesting, very fun. So it looks like, uh, we have Michael hooks, uh, here with us as well. Michael, can you jump in and introduce yourself? Yeah. Good evening. Um, uh, my name is Michael hooks. Uh, just a small entrepreneur in the city of Erie. Um, what can I say? <laughs> well, Michael, welcome to the podcast. It's nice to have you. We'll definitely, we'll definitely get to you in a little bit. There's a lot to, there's a lot to talk about. Giselle, you've had, you've started seven businesses, right? Yes, ma'am. Seven businesses in the past 20 years. So you're extremely motivated and very, you know, you clearly are not afraid to take a risk. I mean, no. that's really <laughs> Not at all. what comes across <laughs> to me is that you, you will try pretty much anything. So it, what's, when you were approached um, by, by the show, you know, what were you most eager for? Because clearly, you know, you're not afraid to take a risk, but what were you really <laughs> eager for when the show approached you about working with Glenn? Uh, first off, they're like, can we put a camera in your face? Uh, yes, please bring the TV crew and I want to be on television. End of story. This is a lifelong dream come true. Everyone thought it was the cafe. They're going to think, oh, she wanted to. No, she always wanted to be on television. And now that dream has been realized as of January 6th. So um, I literally jumped on the opportunity. I'm like, heck yes. What do I need to do? Where do I sign? Um, I honestly, though, didn't expect like what happened. I didn't expect anything. Obviously we were told it was a mentorship program to start. So none of us had any clue that this was going to turn into something so much more, um, and, and all the benefits that we received from it. I was over the moon excited about the idea of just talking to a billionaire. I'm like the, the experience, the knowledge, the, the resources that I can learn from this man who has attained a level that I, I hope to achieve someday is going to sit in the same room with me and have a conversation. That was enough for me to say yes. And I didn't even know there was going to be an entire theme and other businesses and this whole community experience that came with it. So I was definitely excited to literally just talk to Glenn. <laughs> so you call yourself a serial entrepreneur. Glenn, do you consider yourself a serial entrepreneur as well? It's funny because when I look at the, the group, I see 
some that are hyper-focused, some that have many different things going on where, you know, they're juggling more balls than they probably should. Um, some that, you know, it's, it's just, it's a mix of everything. And I have been all of those. And I think that was such a great part about the entire series is that it can relate to everybody, right? And in each one of these uh, guys and gals, I related to, right? I mean, at one point in my journey, I have been there, whatever and wherever they are. And so, you know, I, I would say that I'm more hyper-focused than I had ever been before now. And I have more businesses than I ever had. So it's kind of weird, right? But I delegate those out and I stay focused on what I, what I do. But, um, but I have been in every one of their shoes before and I uh, could relate, you know? And, and a lot of this you're gonna find because it wasn't a hand out, right? That was, that was what we talked about from day one. This was not, hey, guess what? You won the lottery. Here's a million dollars and you don't have to do anything. This was a, a teaching show, right? This was how to get people to figure out how to get off their butts if they've been knocked down and do it over again or reinvent themselves or whatever. And so, you know, I came at it in my head as it's kind of like my kids, sometimes they're in so much pain and I'm like, well, they're going to really, you know, they're going to grow from this. And so I let them stay in pain a little while longer, right? Then rescue them. And um, so there was a lot of that going on and you feel bad, right? But it's just, and it's necessary. And it's also a wonderful place to have other people learn from, you know? So it was a long-winded way of saying I'm scattered too sometimes. <laughs> the answer is yes. so what has your so Giselle what has uh how has your business changed the last time my husband and I went there well the weather was nice so it was getting cooler we um we walked over and went in the side door and we were like what what's that back there there's a little little garden there's a little outdoor area and and we went and sat in the back on this lovely little outside area and we thought this is great we went and sat in the sun and drank our coffee (laughs) and then we went inside and you're like yeah there's a little fire pit back there now like great when did this happen and so clearly (laughs) that had happened since you started you know working with the show so what tell me what was that all about so without giving away everything um okay yeah you don't want to give away too much I don't want to give away everything but that was the most visual thing that everybody could see had happened from the show so it wasn't something we were going to hide for a big reveal obviously we wanted to utilize it while the weather was still gorgeous so we were able to advertise a little bit that we had installed this patio uh in the back which uh Glenn and I you know we deemed that both of our names start with a g the garden starts with a g so we were going to name it our g spot it's a pretty personal space for us, um, but we're allowing others in. And so I've been so excited at the response. Erica, you received. found it, but your husband probably I didn't found find the G spot. You did. <laughs> your husband probably didn't get there, but you got there. <laughs> a lot of guys have had trouble finding it, but yes. um, the girls are thoroughly enjoying themselves. Uh, we have had so many more pets show up. Uh, a lot more children have come That's great. Uh, because they are able to enjoy yeah. the outdoors. And I would say out of anything from this show, I really loved the ideas that Glenn came at me with. I mean, he even questions me at one point why I'm so eager to change so much about my business. But 
I mean, I'm talking to a man who is so successful that why would I not want to do anything he suggests? Uh, however, this was the one thing that I struggled with giving up was my backyard space to put the patio in, which is kind of funny because it really has done us so well. Um, but for me, I, I also live here uh, above my cafe. So that was my own private personal little oasis in the back that just me and my dogs would enjoy. And so when he suggested opening that up, I was like, I don't know about that. Uh, but we moved forward with it. And obviously it was one of the single-handed best things that could have ever happened to the cafe. What a decision to make. I get it, giving up your personal space, but it certainly made a difference. Yes. And everyone has had the same experience as you, just thoroughly enjoyed it. And really our social media kind of blew up from it. So it's been nothing but a, an extreme benefit for us. And there you go. You took a risk and it paid off. So there, there's the girl who's willing to take <laughs> that risk. Wow. I spoke to Tina. I hadn't been to Dominic's diner since I worked, since I was in college or right after college, which was like 20 years ago. It had been that long. And um, so I was, I went to the Facebook page and I was like checking out what's new with Dominic's. I saw the Christmas Eve special. You know, my husband and I had just been talking about what are we going to eat on Christmas Eve? Because we weren't going out. We weren't doing a family thing. And every Christmas Eve takeout was, you know, for a family of six. And it was like a four course meal. And we're like, we don't need that. We don't, you know, it's just the two of us. And Dominic's was like the only, you know, you could get food for two people. And we ended up getting rigatoni and meatballs because they're like, well, it's famous meatballs. So anyway, I found that because I contacted you about the podcast and it was great. I also reflected on what I knew about Dominic's because everybody knows about Dominic's in Erie. It's just everyone knows about Dominic's. And yet the other thing I know about Dominic's, which is just in the local ether right now, is that Dominic's is struggling. And I know that now after communicating with you, Tina, the fact that you've been working with Glenn is amazing. So what has it been like working with Glenn over the past few months and during this show? And believe me, I'm not asking you to give away too many episode secrets here. Any local listener is going to identify, right? right now with the, with the story of Dominic's, um, just because it's such an eerie institution. And Glenn, from your perspective too, knowing that it's such an eerie institution, how did you feel connecting with a local, a local business like this? That uh, knowing that it was a local institution and knowing that they had a lot of pressure, because it's not just pressure to have a business and run a business, there's pressure from the outside. This thing has been an institution, right? It's been around forever. And so, you know, trying to, to come at that from a, a couple different ways. And then the fact they just love this place. They didn't have, you know, a lot of management experience from before and coming into it. And then you get shut down, right? And then you get shut down again. So, you know, there's been a lot of, um, you know, I, I would say out of all the businesses, you know, they are have a fight on their hands, you know, say, same with underdog because they just aren't getting a fair break. You know, you can't go in and you can't, you know, sit down and eat anymore again, you know? So it's just a, it's just a, it's a bad way. You know, it's hard to start thinking outside the box because you have to change the way you do business. And so we went in there and tried to, you know, 
get the mind to start thinking differently, I guess. And Tina and Tony were as open to wanting to make sure to your point that this institution, that this thing that everybody knew for the last 50, 60 years, you know, would survive. And so I was really pleased with the fight that was in both, both you guys, Tina and your husband. I appreciate that Glenn. Yeah. We all got kicked in the teeth again, this last round. Um, It's been extremely difficult. I, I got to say, we got approached by the show end of May, beginning of June, and it was life changing, um, business altered. Um, I just, I, I don't want to give away too much, but just the professionalism and the the guidance, the education, the support that we got from Glenn and the team was something that it's priceless. Um, and I, I, you know, we, the, the show wrapped in like mid-September-ish and um, we actually did pretty good the end of September, all of October. We had finally gotten, we only have only gotten one PPP loan. That's the only money and any support that we've gotten the entire time since COVID hit. Um, and we were struggling before that. So that happened in mid-August. And we did actually pretty well in September and October. And then when this second wave of COVID hit, the city so strong, we noticed um, that our the evening business has struggled no matter what since COVID hit. And um, it, it got worse and worse and worse. And we kept looking at other options. And, and I kept saying to Tony, we got to remember what Glenn said, or he would remind me, you know, about using you know, the space that we have and using our knowledge and, and modifying based on what we know. And um, so we were contemplating and we still are uh, closing at 3 p.m., you know, during until COVID's over because we're losing money by being open after that. There's nothing going on downtown. Places aren't open. Anyway, so there's those decisions. But then this November, we just got kicked hard and it was bad. And then the shutdown happened right before Christmas, we're, you know, just insanely worried about our staff who have children and, you know, just trying to figure out a way to help them so that they, because they're losing money left and right, how they're, they've stuck with us this entire time, I, I don't know. Um, you know, we, we're struggling now to pay payroll again, just because we got shut down. So that's where the, th hopefully you enjoyed your Christmas special, um, but that's where that came from, thinking outside of the box. What do we have? What can we work with? Um, people love our soups. So let's do a soup afternoon where soup and evening where it's just Tony. I can help them get started. I'm still working my full-time job. No overhead outside of a little bit of electricity and our product we already had made. Um, so we tried doing soup specials. It didn't go over as well as I would have liked it to um, because there's just no business downtown. But, you know, it was enough those two weeks to pay part of the electric bill. You know, that's how we're looking at it. So the, the show has um, really helped us understand the business better, um, not just Dominic's, but just how to run a restaurant and like your overhead and the responsibilities associated with it. I was familiar with grants, but not familiar with, because of my other job, but not familiar with grants for something like this. So that's definitely helped. This has been a process. We're just thinking outside of the box. Um, we're terrified if we don't open. January uh, 4th, uh, when the shutdown's over, we're terrified. Uh, we're not even hitting 10% of our 50% sales right now. And that's with me busting it out on Facebook as much as I can, telling people, trying to think outside of the box. So we're an institution. We've been around for 64 plus years. Um, we're going to just keep holding our head up high. We get, we've been getting kicked down, but we keep standing back up. So we'll see what, what the future holds. But we're not giving up.
So a couple of things on that real quick, because, um, you know, this is just a little advice, but the new PPP loan was just approved again. And so if you've lost and, and you guys will qualify for it because 25% of 2019's uh, revenue, then you can qualify again. So, you know, apply and apply quickly, oh, sure. right? You know, because it, again, I, I can't think of, you know, a better um, group that needs it than the restaurant industry, right? I mean, it's just been unfair to to that group. And there's a few others out there, but I mean, but especially restaurants. So you guys, uh, you know, it's it's right there for you. So I'd, I'd get it as fast as I could. Yeah, we've, we, we just applied for something through the city, um, applied for it literally within hours of it being um, opened up. And we were, we got a letter like the next two days later that we were, didn't get it. You know, so it's like everything we apply for, we don't get, um, but we're going to keep, we keep applying because for every, you know, nine no's you get, you might get one yes. So that's what we're, we shoot for the yeses. But if you don't try, you can't succeed. So Michael, you sent me a little bit earlier that uh, you consider yourself a social entrepreneur and uh, you have a, a Michael Making Lives Better brand. And I'm curious, so what that means, you know, what's your Michael Making Lives Better brand and what is a social entrepreneur? Tell us about that. A social entrepreneur, um, it's kind of like a little title that I, I kind of made up. Um, I feel like a social entrepreneur is someone who wants to uh, serve his community but at the same time, try to make money as well. Um, you know, for the past 16 years, um, I've been working in the area community. Um, one of my models is strengthening kids, empowering families and building communities. Um, it, it's just my own personal story. Um, I'm a very unique individual. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna like blow you <laughs> over talking. Um, like I'm not gonna come in smiley, smiley. Um, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm just the type of person that put his head down and go, go to work every day. Um, never looking for anything for free. Um, nothing has been like that for me. My life has been a very, 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 very hard. Um, you know, it's a familiar story. I'm a single parent. Um, my mother never owned a car, never owned a home. And, um, she, she, she never even had a job. Um, but she did the best she could for, for me and my four siblings. Um, <clears throat> I met my dad when I was 18, you know, life was just very, very, very hard for me. And, and sometimes when you, when you meet me, you see that, you know what I'm saying? But the one thing I never did and I'll never do, I, I never make excuses. Um, I just get up every day and, and, and take what the defense gives me. Um, I'm very thankful for my, for my small opportunities in life. Um, Michael is, Michael is everything as I go. So does Michael. So um, I had a hair salon. It was called Michael's Hair Salon. I have a detail shop. It's called Michael's Car Care. I have a snow plowing service. It's called Michael's Snow Plowing Service. And then I had, you know, Michael's Making Lives Better. Um, you know, everything is very, very personal to me. And um, the worst thing that could happen is that um, me dealing with people that I don't believe that understand why I may do something, you know what I'm saying? And then that, that, that can um, be a little problematic, but I'm very grateful for the show. Um, I, I've had some very, very intense conversations with Glenn. Um, I learned a lot from not just Glenn, but Carl and everybody else on the show. I definitely feel like I'm a better, I'm a better um, um, person. Um, 
Um, we bumped heads, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm not the easiest person in the world to get along with. Uh, I am a man's man. So, you know, um, you know, we, we, I would say we, we did a little head bumping on the show, but, but I'm, but I'm very grateful for that opportunity. I'm very grateful for, um, for them, um, choosing me and, 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 and looking at me in a manner that they believed in me and believed that I would be good person to work with. So I'm hoping that we are all better because of our, our experience of working together. And you know, I like to add, I like the, the social entrepreneur, um, kind of t title that you gave yourself, Michael, because it makes sense, right? You, you are very entrepreneurial thinking and, and everything you're doing is about trying to help other people in your community. And so, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with trying to tie those two together because you do it with love. You do it because you care about the community and it's okay to, and it's, and it's fair to make a buck. Right. And so we, you know, we had a lot to, 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 to deal with and you look at, Mike, as you say, you got some thick skin, you know, and, and big shoulders. And so um, it was, it was very uh, challenging and fun and rewarding and hard and, um, and everything else in, in the between. And that's, that's what makes, you know, a lot of us, you know, when you think about it, you know, some of us are an open book and other of us have built walls up because of our lives and because of a lot of things that's happened in the past. And, and so, you know, you, you look and you say, okay, how am I going to be able to achieve my goals, whatever they are? And do I need to open up a little more? Do I need to be weary of people that maybe aren't, you know, the basement people versus the balcony people, you know, there's all kinds of things. So we had a wonderful time. Uh, and, and, and in your words, Mike, they weren't all easy, very difficult, wonderful time. Um, because life isn't a perfect, you know, straight line going up, right? You know, and so, um, so again, I think there's so much that people are going to learn. And there's a lot of people that can relate uh, to every one of these guys and gals. But there's a lot of people that relate to you, Michael. And I think you're going to be a real big inspiration for a lot of people. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that, you know, um, I did a lot of I did a lot of thinking after the show. You know, when you when you end recording, um, especially when you've never experienced anything like this before. You know, um, you're learning everything on the fly. The the one thing for me is I'm a very uh, regimen, um, detailed type of person. Um, I live my life on a schedule, and and, and that schedule was it, it was always upended. So. Um, <laughs> That, that. Amen to that one. Oh my to goodness! Say yes. the least. True story. That was uh, that was the thing. That was the number one thing that drove me crazy. I am definitely one thousand percent a better man today because of the show, and not just the show itself, but the people of the show. Um, very very wonderful people. Very nice people. They work their butt off. They was under a, a tight schedule. Things didn't always go the way it needed to go for them. They was able to share some personal things. I'm thankful for those guys. Um, every last one of them. Um, even even um, at times when I was like, man, I don't want to never talk to you guys again. And they was like, they probably was like, I don't never want to see you again. You know what I'm saying? But, but I'm, I'm I'm definitely like, we'll talk person. to you tomorrow at two. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely I'm definitely um, I'm definitely a better person from the show and I'll never forget one thing that Glenn told me from the first day I met him was that you got to, you have to own it Mike and, and that's what I try to do each and every day I try to own every aspect of my life 
So to to give a little behind the curtain, uh, you know, clarification, it's hard to try to go in and say, hey, let's have 27 days and let's work on this together. And when you do that, you're also making a show, right? So I'm going to walk in, let's sit down and let's go to work. Oh, wait a minute. You want to film me walking in and then you want to film me sitting down. Oh, but then you need the other angles so people see how. <laughs> so it's very difficult to just, you don't just go from A to B to C to D. You go A to Z to Q to R to B to C, <laughs> right? And so, because you have to show the people at home, you know, the process, right? But what happened was real. What, how it right. goes about happening is difficult, you know, because, you know, Michael's ready. It's five o'clock. Let's go. Oh, well, we didn't leave, you know, the tipsy bean or we didn't leave Dominic's, you know, until 450 and they got to go set up and it takes 45 minutes. So it just it doesn't quite work the way everyone hopes it works. You know, the guys behind the scenes are doing their best. And to bring it around relevant, a lot of that is due to COVID. I mean, that's why you came to our town. That's why we're all struggling going through these issues. Um, I will second what Michael said. The crew was amazing. And for all of the rigmarole that they had to go through to follow protocols, um, having a medic on staff at all times, and this is multiple crews. And I agree. I am friends with so many of them still. And uh, the compassion that they have and the patience that they had to do their jobs, as well as dealing with us, stressed out, overworked business owners, um, trying to do the right things in filming. Um, I just want to definitely make sure everybody out there understands that a lot of that stress was due to the extra protocols required because of the COVID. Absolutely. And I think too, like Michael said, you know, we're human and, you know, we have other responsibilities besides just our businesses. And some of us have multiple jobs or multiple, you know, we're, we have our hands in different flames and it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of responsibility. Everybody was so exhausted by the end of this. So but they, it was a, they, we were just we we I don't like we don't even know like how we even function. Um, so, like I'm like, did I? I think I slept standing up a couple of times. But I mean, everything that we people will see, it's real. I mean, like Glenn said, yeah, you might have to stop and reshoot something um, because you have to get a different angle. But it, it's all authentic. None of it's made up. I know people will say, oh, that was made up or that was modified it really is real i mean we let some personal stuff hang out it's all there (laughs) and you can't do anything like this if you're not going to be real about it and we you know you didn't always agree or things weren't always smooth but it's real we're humans and michael you do fantastic work my husband had his car his truck detailed (laughs) with you even before the show so it was even yeah Yeah, i know it was definitely before the show i'm gonna be honest with you I never even knew you guys was on the show till the night. I don't even know everybody. I only know, I only know, I only know Tipsy Dean. I, I, I went to Giselle's place a few times. I bought yeah, some, we got bought to meet some, one. Yeah, I bought some spirits up there a few times. And um, I didn't get the coffee. I got spirits. And um, I did I did detail the, the truck for Dominic's one time. And um, I'm going to make sure I get some of my friends and stuff to come down and patronize um dominics and make sure we spend some money with you man and make sure you get you know do we got to do our part as a community to support each yes. other me personally you know that. i'm in a different i'm in a different lane as far as when it comes to business you know i've never had anything honestly you know what i'm saying so if you never had nothing um and i'm very appreciative of everything that i do have don't get me wrong 
But what I'm saying is like, I'm never had $100,000 in the bank or, you know, so I'm used to, you know, struggling. Like I'm just used to just, pay, just paying enough, getting by paying my bills. And so the COVID really didn't affect me. Like what's going on with me has been going on my whole life. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm just, I'm just being honest. Like, you know, I, like my customers, you know, cause I'm so personal with my customers. Um, I, 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 I built my business one, one customer at a time when it comes to the car cleaning, like it's not a job everybody likes doing. So my customers appreciate me. So I go to their house, I'll get their car, I go to their business, I'll clean their car, take it back. Like the Corvette really didn't affect my business. I mean, I, I've gotten more rest during the Corvette, you know what I'm saying? So as far as being late, paying a bill and all that, I've been doing that my whole life. So, you know, that that, that don't even bother me. If they call my phone, somebody, yeah, yeah, Mr. Hooks, you late. Hey, I've been late. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So, you know. All right. Well, it, it looks like Brian has joined us. Introduce yourself. Give us a little background on your business and tell us about how you've been working with Glenn over the past few months. Okay. My name is Brian Arrington. I own and operate TKO Erie. It's a karate school. Um, the karate school was created uh, years ago for uh, so I could work with inner city youth. It has grown over the years. Um, and then I got a call from Obviously, the producers of the show and said I, if I was interested in being on TV. Um, honestly, I was a little skeptical through a couple. Like I talked to them a few times, and then I agreed to be on. I'm glad I accepted to be on. It was it worked out a little better than I thought. I said I I like working with Glenn. He's really uh, down to earth, and I can understand where he's coming from and stuff like that. He had a lot of good ideas about how to improve the business and how to do different things. But uh, it's been a pleasure. I'm not sure exactly how much more you want. I could sit here and talk about karate for like three hours. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, one of the things that I noticed, well, first of all, I mean, you have a really interesting background, right? You have a military background and you're a state trooper and you have your, your karate school. But one of the things I noticed when I was reading your website, which I think your website is relatively new, correct? It's oh. been revamped. But it was it's Re been a revamped. while, right? They, okay. I can tell you what. Well, I don't want to give away too much. There's some things we did to it after the show, but the okay. the message that's honored a vision and mission statement was there prior to Glenn. Right? Well, actually, that is exactly what my question was about because after I looked at your website, because you you sent me the link to your website, so I thought, oh, maybe you know, maybe this was part of what your your revamping was. Maybe that was part of your work that you did with Glenn, with Glenn. So I was a bit right there. Um, but one of your main messages was that you're emphasizing, you know, self-motivation and self-esteem. And I thought that was a really powerful message. So is that part of marketing and messaging part of what you worked on with Glenn? Or has that always been your philosophy um, in working with youth or, or working with your, your, your customers or those who have been part of your karate school? I would love to take credit for that, but that's a martial arts standard. I mean, so, I mean, you, you start taking martial arts in order to build you know, confidence and self-esteem and things like that. I, I believe that every kid deserves to be good at something. And karate is, the, is like a found as a foundation of what you want to start with, where you want to give them short-term goals and let them, let them reach those goals. And it's almost like, like I said, you're building that foundation so that they understand hard work pays off. So if you work really hard, you get that next belt. And the harder you work, the more you achieve. And that's a, the foundation of martial arts. So I can't take credit for it. That's been around since 
I mean, years and years. So, you know, what I'll tell you is, is interesting when I think about each one of the businesses, I mean, literally Giselle's backyard, right? It was an open canvas and it was not being utilized. You could say the same thing about every single business, Brian's especially and John's um, and Michael's, which is when you look at their business, what isn't being utilized and how can you adjust and move? And again, I don't want to give anything away, but every single business has places that, you know, you could shift and pivot and change and do things and still keep the core of what you're doing the same. And so we just went and highlighted those areas and, um, you know, and a lot of it again was, was, uh, difficult. Um, uh, Brian was, uh, you know, I watched it nature, a very skeptical person. That's what state troopers yeah. are supposed to be. Right? <laughs> yeah. Am I so, the only one that watched it? Know, only I only watched met like three Brian, episodes. I, think the day I, I met watched you was the day you said it. you didn't want to do the show, right? Watched or, all of it, yes. beginning to end. So, uh, you know, he wasn't in it, you know, he and Giselle were probably 180 degrees different. Giselle, it's television, yes. <laughs> Brian, television, no. You know, I'm doing it. He wanted to do it for the kids. And um, so you look at him and Michael have a lot in common about really almost being social entrepreneurs, both of them, to coin Michael's phrase, but um, because they're, they're, they're making a business work to help other people, right? And actually probably everybody in here is doing that, right? But... But I mean, um, when it came down to, um, you know, these these kids that could use something to do that needs something in a city, um, both I think you guys both have hit it on the head and that's where your business kind of thrives from. And uh, and so it wasn't, you know, so much, hey, let's uh, get on television to get some exposure with with Brian. I think in the end, um, we, you know, we got a great outcome out of it because of um, being able to work together. And I think that the spotlight that comes on uh, TKO and Brian is well-deserved. I want to jump in and say, uh, Glenn, you know, you mentioned that you're, that the series is a teaching series, which I really appreciate. I don't watch a lot of um, reality TV, but that was definitely something that I came away with from the first season, that this was uh, a different kind of show, a different kind of series. It was actually, I was actually learning something and inspired by. Um, so kind of building onto that, I have a question for Glenn. Um, you know, coming back for season two, maybe what were some things uh, that you definitely wanted to do this time around that maybe you didn't get a chance to the first time to build onto that? And then for everyone um, in the cast, all the entrepreneurs, did you watch the first season? I'm curious. And because um, <laughs> I know we kind of got on to, uh, you know, film and, and TV production is all consuming. Um, that's something we know very well uh, on this podcast, being filmmakers. But it sounds like you all kind of learned uh, along the way how all consuming it is. So just kind of building on, on all of that. Um, you know, did you watch the series initially? Um, and what were your impressions and, uh, maybe build a little bit on uh, surprise a lot in that question. Yes. There's I know. A lot I in that question. question for everybody. <laughs> uh, so, so again, uh, if you'd like, I'll, I'll start with the, your first question and then move on to the second, but, but I'll give you a little answer to the second right now. Like my kids, 
I my even my own kids, all of them didn't watch the show. So I don't think all these guys here did either. But I'll let them talk about that. Um, but when it came to um, the, you know, doing the first series, what was interesting is I didn't realize what I was getting myself into. Right. I mean, I, I'm not a television person. I'm you know, I happened to do, have done a show 15 years ago by accident again. And I had won that show. And so for 15 years, people were calling me producers and and different um, companies saying, hey, do you want to do another show? You know, and and, um, you know, we got a great idea. Right. You live in this big house and you've got all this help. How about if we took away all your help? You know, and we could and I go, what is going to be either real boring because I could or I'm going to look like an idiot for not being able to wash my own clothes. <laughs> right. So, so there's a lot of different show ideas out there. And I would just say, no, 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 you know, and then, but I would always come back with, I tell you what I would do, you know, you could put me anywhere in this country. I think it's an amazing opportunity that we, we live in the United States and I could start over again with nothing. And I bet you I could rebuild. And so I said that 50 times to these different, you know, groups. And that's when Discovery came back and said, okay, you know, put your money where your mouth is. So getting in there and going to Erie, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I mean, so the first half of that show for me was shock. Like what in the world was I thinking, right? And then getting, you know, a great group of people together and, and falling in love with the city and then building something that I'm really proud of. And so after that saying, okay, you know, what would I do differently? What I found that I was a little surprised by, I guess, is a lot of people got a lot out of just being in the warehouse. I would be in the warehouse and just say like basement people and balcony people or whatever. Right. And just, and so those little learnings, you know, were things that people really hung on to. So as we were doing each episode, as we sat down with, with each one of um, these entrepreneurs, you know, in my head, I'm playing it out going, oh, this is going to be good. I'm going to sit down on this and go over that. So I, 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 I saw the value in looking back, I guess, you know, and seeing how people evolved or, you know, what you would do differently or why struggle, pain, adversity and all that stuff leads to a stronger, healthier person in the long run. And so, you know, I got to enjoy the journey a little more this time than last time. And I wasn't the one doing the heavy lifting. So um, that made it a little easier, you know, but, um, but I still, again, I, I lived through a lot of their pain and, and you feel bad because that's just, but, but it's not supposed to be again, Hey, here's a big check. And um, you hit the lottery. That wasn't what it was about, you know? So, so who didn't watch the damn show? <laughs> I, I knew two it. of you didn't. I didn't. I, I, I didn't confess. Watch I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it until the show called me. And hey, I'm like, Mike, I'm, gonna gonna I'm like, I'm going to confess. I didn't watch it. <laughs> John, please yeah, no, tell me you watched watch. it, John. Please. Uh, so yeah. I, I, uh, he didn't. My, we my wife, my wife made me watch the one episode that I was made on. You. I actually wasn't even planning to watch the episode I was on. Think, think of the ratings, what we could have had. I didn't watch it. It's not that I don't have a lot of free time. So it wasn't, it wasn't COVID. So, I mean, between working and traveling with my, with my competition team, I don't have a lot of time. What I did do though, 
a few of the guys that were on right. the show, I was talking to them during, as this was going on, yep. like when you had the rib cook off and stuff like that, I went down and bought ribs because my friends were working well with you. So I didn't know Glenn, but I knew RJ and I knew Cleet. And, I, and when those guys said, hey, come support me, they're my friends. I went down and bought like $75 worth of well, ribs. Well, thank you and for your support. Red meat. <laughs> Same thing. Uh, running the cafe, that's all everybody talked right. about for months. Once it came out that it was the show and Underdog was open. I mean, I heard the entire story. I didn't have to watch it. But I will say I was so thankful right. and a little disappointed at myself that I didn't watch it because Glenn gave so many great educational points in there. I'm like, man, I should have listened to this sooner because even that show is extremely educational. So just like my kids, I tell you. <laughs> I, I said, hey, watch TV. I, yeah. I, don't watch, I don't watch television. I don't watch television. <laughs> so what'd you think, kids? Right. Uh, I was right. waiting to watch right. it with you, Dad. I'm like, come on. <laughs> I struggled for 90 days, slept in the damn car. You can't watch the show. Pennsylvania. All right. Thank you for joining us. Next week, we'll bring you part two of our conversation with Glenn Stearns and the cast of Undercover Billionaire Comeback City. Make sure you follow the Film Society of Northwestern PA and the Greater Erie Film Office on social media. You'll find all the tags and links in the show notes for this episode. Until next time, this was Film Grain.